Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you. And see you again after that great baby dedication. All those kids, man, this is great. And it's good to see you and good to have you here this weekend. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that verse that we've been in the last uh, two weeks. We're going to kind of conclude that today. Uh, I also uh, want to just say again, man, uh, this past week, I feel like I've seen you guys every night. And because uh, a lot of you, I have. And so with this road trip revival, thank you for coming out. Thank you for participating. Um, it is one of those things where I am my adult life and ministry have never, I've never seen anything like this. Um, and there's a lot that I don't have the time to unpack today. Uh, but uh, it was, uh, I'm very rarely am I without words. And every time the guest speaker would turn it over to me, I just didn't, I don't really have anything to say. I mean, I'm just watching you kind of pursue God and then seeing the Holy Spirit just moving in a real way and in a genuine way. Um, and uh, just, man, just, just awesome. And so, um, again, I, uh, I hope that that passion that you have for God and for the things of God, that you continue to, to pursue that and we continue to move forward. And I know that you will. And one of the things that we're doing at every campus in this season is we're doing a, we're doing a weekly prayer meeting. And so I hope you'll be back here Wednesday night uh, here at 6.30. So there's one at Brookfield on Monday night at 6.30 and then here at Germantown and at Milwaukee and at, uh, at Appleton at 6.30 on Wednesday night. We're gonna take about an hour and just pray. And uh, I'm gonna kinda just bring a very brief word. We're gonna have a few songs and then we're gonna go into prayer. Uh, we actually are rolling out, so you have to be here this Wednesday to see it. It's a digital uh, prayer wall. So basically on your smartphone, mobile or desktop, Prayer requests that are given, again, we'll ask permission before we post that. So if you give a prayer request, you'll be asked. So we won't post anything you don't want us to. Uh, but uh, for all those that, that want, hey, I, I, I want the church family to know about this, and this is what I want. I want prayer. It'll actually be on there. And in that time, we're going to have people pull that out on their phones, and then you go through. And then as you pray for it, you click on that link, and it, and it sends a message to uh, the server here at Life Church, And then from there, that goes right to... A, uh, the person who made the prayer request, hey, somebody from the Life Church family just pray for you. We're standing with you in prayer. Kind of like likes on Facebook if you, if you get that, or hearts on Instagram. I'm kind of gone after that, or on uh, Twitter or whatever social pl platform medium that you use. What's really cool about this is that sometimes people want to go, man, is there anybody praying for me? And I believe there are going to be hundreds of people praying this week for whatever prayer request that you have. So if you've got prayer requests, Send those in, drop those in, put those in, put them on that red card there and know that we're going to be praying with you and standing with you in prayer. And as a church, I just feel like this is what we're supposed to do in this particular season. It's just to have the church open for prayer. You can't meet me this week. Great. Next week we'll be there. We're, we're just going to continue to do this and just see what God has. And so I'm going to be here and come right in from work. It'll be one hour. If you need to slip out, slip out. No problem. Uh, it's not going to be a speaker or whatever. It's just going to be really simple, but, but we're going to continue on in this same, this same vein. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. We've been in this, and I want to read this again. And the, the ESV, the English Standard Version says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We've been up to that point. That's where we ended last week. Here's this week. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. There is this if-then proposition all throughout Scripture that we see that if we do this, then God does this. If we do this, then God does this. If my people who are called by my name, that's you, 
will humble themselves. So take a, a bow themselves down, make themselves low, kind of check their ego at the door and pray and seek my face. We talked about what that means is to pursue God and turn from their wicked ways. That, that's a word called repentance. Repentance is kind of a forgotten doctrine in the church in the 21st century, it feels like. Uh, however, the Bible is full of directives for you and I as we turn from our wicked ways, as we turn from those things. And sometimes what happens in our own life is that we pick up bad habits here and there. We, we become lackadaisical about some things. We allow certain things in. Uh, we, we, we allow ourselves in certain places. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves and kind of in the presence of God or in a situation, the Holy Spirit convicts us just kind of knocks on our heart and we know it's not right. We know we're saying isn't right. We know we're doing isn't right. We, we know we're involved in, we shouldn't be involved in. And all of a sudden there is this thing inside of us that kind of goes, I, I need to make a change. That's the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. So remember the Holy Spirit is given to us to walk us, to lead us, to guide us. And so at salvation, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15, you are sealed with the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And so you begin to sense that, hey, man, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. You may be far away from God and the Holy Spirit isn't inside of you. How does that work? Well, there's still the conviction because the Bible says, unless someone is drawn up by the Holy Spirit, no one comes to repentance. No one, and repentance basically means to confess your sins, to confess your salt, your, your fault, and then to do a 180, to turn and sin no more. It's like Jesus with a woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. It, it's, it's, it's this ideology, it's this theology that I acknowledge my own mistake, I acknowledge my sin, I acknowledge my weakness, I ask God's help, I ask God's forgiveness, then I turn and sin no more. Much easier to preach than lived. Amen. You're not, you're not shouting very much today, but I mean, it's just really true. So what is repentance? Repentance, first of all, it begins with sorrow. Repentance, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Repentance begins with sorrow. The word uh, Hebrew for repentance is, is where we get the word turn. It, 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 means to, it means to turn back, to bring back, to return. It appears over a thousand times in the Old Testament. To repent, to return, to restore, to turn. Charles Finney in the Second Great Awakening, the great revivalist, said this, Revival is a new conviction of sin and repentance, followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. Paul would say it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So what's the difference in between, when we're talking about sorrow, there's the Bible is very distinctive that there's a godly sorrow and there's a worldly sorrow. Well, worldly sorrow is regret or loss for which there's no answer and there's no safety net. I did this, I, I'm upset with myself, I'm mad at myself, I'm, 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 I'm sorrowful, but, but, but there's no answer, there's, there's, no, there's no redemption, there's no restoration, there's no plan, it's just death. It's like the Bible says that that those of us that if you're a Christ follower and, and someone goes to heaven, uh, like, like let, let's say, you know, my grandmother, when my grandmother passed, uh, she was a Christ follower. And so, and so when we were there at her funeral, the, the pastor, Pastor Cunningham said this, um, we of those of us who are Christians, we mourn differently than the world mourns because we have a hope. 
we know that death is a part of this physical journey, but it's not a spiritual reality because Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. And so Francis Steele simply walked from this world into the next world. We have it on very good account and record that she is alive, she is well, she is... Do you understand where I'm going with this? And so the deal is, is that there is no downside to this. That, but worldly sorrow, there's just death. When, when someone dies without Jesus, that, that's it. I mean, according to scripture, I mean, we're not judging, we're, we're, not, we're not God, but according to scripture, unless someone has a faith in Jesus Christ, unless someone is, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they're going to hell. If we were all going to heaven, then why are we here? What are we doing? Let's just go to Cracker Barrel and have biscuits and gravy, amen? <laughs> it sounds really great to me right now. But the truth of the matter is we know, as the old preachers used to say, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We know that there is a standard. We know that there is a, and it's not that we have to try to make up. We can't be good enough or perfect enough. It, God's the one that does that. It's by grace that we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, lest any of us become boastful. But the truth of the matter is when the world has sorrow, it's it. When the world goes to a funeral, it's over. When someone in the world, it, it, whatever implodes, it's the death of it. But godly sorrow, there's always a plan. There's always a comeback. There's always, so death is not final. It's just leaving this world and going to eternity. Being in your right place, at the right mind. We have a hope. When, when something happens here that it doesn't work out, we're able to trust that, that our steps are ordered of the Lord. Uh, we, 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 when, when things don't, it's not like this Pollyanna. Don't misunderstand me. It's not that you don't have bad days. It's just you mourn differently. You weep differently. Your sorrow is different because you know there is a plan. You know there is a purpose behind the pain. You know that God's working all things out for your good. And you know that there's an enemy going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but that God is going to raise up a standard against him, that God is going to protect, that God is going to prevail, that you have that. That's where when we talk about repentance, it begins with sorrow. It says, oh God, I am so sorry because this is what your word says and this is where my life is. This is what your word says, this is where my life is. And I'm not measuring up and I'm not living up. Please forgive me. Please forgive me my sin. Please forgive me of what, I, of what I've done. Please forgive me because Lord, you love me so much that you gave your one and only son Jesus to die on the cross for me and now here's what I've done. I am so sorrowful. But that sorrow and tears doesn't end there. It begins a new life in Christ. It begins in a hopeful journey. It begins that next part of, this, of, of the journey. So, but sorrow is necessary for repentance, but it's not enough. Secondly, repentance then leads to confession. Repentance leads to confession. And I know this is one of those kind of like broccoli kind of meals, right? This is one of those like, let's get to the creme brulee at the end, amen? We're going there, but just work with me for a second, all right? Repentance leads to confession. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Faithful, he'll do it every single time. Just, he has the ability to do so. The, word, the Greek word for confess, which is what we see here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, means to say the same. True confession is saying the same thing about your sin that God says about your sin. That's interesting. You ever try to sugarcoat your sin? 
just kind of slow roll it, just kind of downplay it. It's kind of like when you're a teenager and you get caught doing something, or if you have parent, if you're a parent, you have teenagers. Those people that were up here just a minute ago with those babies, aren't they precious? But they're not going to stay that way, man. Oh, there's a day coming. Those precious babies. <laughs> right? I mean, it's true. If, if, if you're a parent and you've got teenagers or they're young, you're just kind of like, man, and I, don't have, I don't have grandkids. I don't want grandkids right now. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I'm just saying like, but, but like, you know, I'm told that grandkids are like, they're like God's blessing to you for not killing your own kids, right? <laughs> Through that terrible time. I mean, it's just, and you go, you confront your kids with something. And their idea of the truth and your idea of the truth are two different truths because it's really not truth. The truth is I wrecked the car. The truth is I snuck out of the house. The truth is I completely disobeyed and rebelled against what you asked me to do. The truth is I was drunk. The truth is I did smoke that. The truth is I did say that. The truth is, yes, I was with her. But, but well, but see, see what had happened was, <laughs> you saw what I'm talking about? How many times do we do this to God? We, 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 we kind of give our spin on it. And God, if you only knew, and God, if you, and, and that's not what confession is. Confession is owning your stuff, 100%. I'm wrong, I'm a sinner, I'm in need of a savior. We try to cover our sins. Look at Adam and Eve in the garden, the very first people on the face of the planet, and they sin. What do they do immediately when they realize they had sinned? They try to cover up Whatever it is, they try to cover their nakedness. They, 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 try, to, they try to hide themselves. They, they try to, because we don't really want to, and even when God comes and confronts them, what does Adam do? Classic line, she made me do it. <laughs> he doesn't even own it. He just like steps out of the way. There she is, God. <laughs> healing of our land doesn't begin. Healing in our life doesn't begin. Healing doesn't begin until we repent individually, corporately, whatever that may mean. What I want you to understand about this part of repentance is when we talk about the world in which we're living in and, and how Jesus is coming back and how we need to be right with the Lord and, and, and all the crazy things that are going on in our world, it's not their problem. It's us. According to passage, it's us. Meaning that if we want God to heal our land, if we want God to be God of our nation, if we want God to be in his rightful place, it begins not with them, quote unquote, those that don't know Jesus, those sinners, those reprobates, whatever you want to call them, those people that are doing all the bad things in the world, because you and I never do anything wrong, do we? Amen. It doesn't begin with them, it begins with us every single time. There is a national problem or crisis or rebellion in the world. God never addresses the people that, that are actually doing it per se. He addresses his people. He addresses the church. It says, if you, church, will humble yourself, and if you, church, will pray and seek my face, and if you'll repent for your sin, let's just start there. Let's don't start with somebody else down the street or someone else across the aisle or someone else that voted differently than I did or you did. Let, let, let's don't start with them. Let's start with me. Because we want to start with everybody else, right? Some of you watch CNN because you think Fox are crazy. They're just a bunch of Trumpers and they're crazy. Ooh, I'm all, I'm all up in this today, aren't I? And then some of you don't watch Fox or MSNBC because, because, Fox, because you don't watch that because there's just a bunch of liberals and da 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 da, da and, you got, and it's their problem and their problem and their problem. And the problem is, it's my problem. 
Before I deal with you, I got to deal with me. And dude, I know how jacked up I am. Do you know how jacked up you are? Some of you do. And those of you that go, I don't really think, I think I'm pretty good. You're the worst. (laughs) Oh man, you are the problem. We have to deal with us. That's what this past week was about. Why don't we take time out of our schedule and why don't we humble ourselves before the Lord and why don't we just go palms up and say, Lord, you speak to our hearts and God, we're gonna, re- we're gonna respond, not for an emotional response, not so that some Holy Ghost, spiritual feel good, but so that we make change in our own life so that we live differently when we walk out of here. That's what repentance is about. Repentance is not about I'm right and you're wrong. Repentance is, it begins with me. It's about me. It's me, oh Lord, that's standing in the need of prayer. It's me, oh God, that has problems. It's the circus going on in my head. It's the emotions that are in my heart. It's the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in me. The most difficult person to lead is not someone else, it's yourself. Because you know what you should do, yet you don't do it. I know I shouldn't eat a four pack of zingers when I stop at Quick Trip, but I just can't help myself. Anyone else? No. When that hot light's on at Krispy Kreme, I know I shouldn't pull over, but it's just saying to me, please come in, all those of you who are weary and heavy laden and have rest. <laughs> and after a half gallon of milk, it's low fat, and a half, a half a dozen of donuts, I'm like, I shouldn't do this, Lord, please forgive me. But yet the next day, there are repentance demands a different mindset. Repentance demands a different mindset. If I'm going to turn, if I'm going to repent, it requires me to have a change in my mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve that God, what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Now, according to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of those, they tell us that 80% of those thoughts are negative. Is that of any shock or surprise? In order for you and I to be able to do and live what this book says, we're not good enough. We're not strong enough, we're not fast enough, it's but by the grace of God, we know that, but we lean upon his grace and we ask God to help us. And one of the things we have to do in order to help ourselves in that process is begin to rethink, renew our mind. How do we do that? Well, we do that by what you're doing today, which is coming together and just being in worship and prayer, opening up your Bible, taking some notes, whether it's digital or paper, it doesn't matter. It, we, we do that by, you know, we do a thing here, a daily devotion called SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer, two chapters a day. We just read it, kind of what's our observations, what's the application, and oh God, help me to live this out. And we kind of walk through basically in 12 months, the, the whole crux of the Bible. It, it's by doing that. It's getting into a small group where I've got some accountability. I've got some some people that are praying with me. Woe to the man who falls and no one hears him when he falls. And so when I'm in trouble, when I'm in need, I have other people I can say, man, I need you to pray with me. I need you to help me. It's things like finding a place to serve because we know that when God flows through us to minister to somebody else, purpose is created. This is how we're designed to be. We're, we're designed to be servant leaders. That's exactly what Jesus is. So we do that. And it's just kind of keeping that mindset in front of us all the time, keeping that image in front of us all, that mind, all the time, keeping our minds kind of renewed. Because what happens is if the only time you eat is on Sunday, you're going to be emaciated, malnourished, and good for very little. 
If the only spiritual meal you have is this morning of the whole week, no wonder, no wonder you can't stand up against sin and temptation. No wonder you can't overcome. No wonder everything's falling apart. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is just a beginning point. This is kind of a recharge. And, and then you have your daily devotional. And then, and then, and, and then, then, and then you're, you're around other brothers and sisters in Christ. And you've got relationships. And you've got a place to serve. And, and maybe there's a time where, man, I really need some prayer. Well, great. On Monday night at Brookfield at 630. And on Wednesday night at Germantown on the Milwaukee campus. Whatever works for you at 630. Just slip in and just find a place to pray. And, hey, there's this special revival night that we're doing. Or there's this special thing that we're going to do. We're going to do a retreat. Or we're going to have whatever. And you begin to find yourself, 70 palms for the ladies. You begin to find yourself in these places and you just kind of get in a place where you, renew, where you renew your mind. That's how you do it. It's discipline. It's work. It's effort. But here's what I know about you. You do what you do because that's what you want to do. I do not buy into the mindset that I just don't have time. 99% of people, I'm telling you, come and tell me your schedule and I can poke holes in your schedule. This past week, for me, we're 15 hour days. So if I'm gonna go to the gym, I gotta be there at five o'clock in the morning. Do I like that? No. And I don't go in the gym because I'm skinny, because I'm not, I'm very fat. But, but I do it because what I realize is the older I'm getting and the more services that I do, the more I gotta keep this body at least some type of pulmonary work going on because there's a lot of exertion that happens and I just wanna be able to preach as long as, I, I don't want there to be anything in me that I'm allowing in me that I have a health problem in me that I can control. I don't wanna have to ask God to fix something that I've created in my life. Right? So that's a personal conviction. Life is a stewardship. So I'm going to steward it. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I do it right. But you just lean into it. You do what you do because that's what you want to do. You're here. You could be a lot of other places, but you're here. Why are you here? Hopefully you're putting value on what you're doing and doing that. Okay, I got to go move on. Fourth thing is repentance creates change. This is the greatest piece. Repentance creates change. Doesn't matter how emotional you are in an altar or how, how much you cry in a confession. The question is, is how different are you when you leave? If I can just really be gut level honest, one of the things that I really resented in church for a long time as a kid that grew up in church is I saw people that would go to church and act holy and pure and lift their hands and worship and be really exuberant in worship. Then they would leave the church and I would see them in the community. And they were rude to waiters or waitresses. They, 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 were, they, they were stuck up. They, were, they weren't kind. Uh, they, they were very um, prejudicial in a lot of ways. They were just, they were, they were not the kind of same person that they were. And again, I'm not talking about struggles. I'm talking about, it's like, man, does God not do? And, and what I realized is they just kind of dichotomized their life. They had church on Sunday morning. That's how they lived one way. And then they lived... Then the other part of their life, their personal life, their professional life had no connection to church. And it was like, how do you do that? Why? why? I mean, if I'm going to just go do that, I'm just going to go do that. Like, I, and I'm not talking about struggle. We all have struggles and issues, but repentance leads to change. When I ask God to forgive me, when I ask Jesus to come in my heart and my life, the, the fruit of that isn't how high I jump in a service. It's not how, how high my hands are up in a service. It's not how loud I sing in a service. It's how I live when I walk out. It's how I treat the barista at Starbucks. 
It's how I treat the person in the drive-thru. Have you noticed the service industry, the food service industry, it's struggling right now. You know what I'm talking about? Man, it, last night I went through a particular place. I won't say the name of it. I don't ever go there, but I was like hungry for this particular thing. And so I, I, had, been, I had been out of town and I was driving in. I thought, that's what I'm going to do. And I go through and they're like out of Diet Coke. How are you out of Diet Coke? It's like going to a Chinese restaurant. We don't have any rice. How are you out of rice? Like this makes no sense to me. And there's no apology. There's no whatever. And they mess the order up. And they, How I respond in that moment really tells who I am. And again, I'm not, we all have all had moments where we've imploded. We've all had moments where we've lost it. We've all had moments where we were like, I'm, I'll never forget one time I thought a, a guy was, uh, we had newly moved here and uh, Tammy's car was still back in Missouri and we had left it there and we were going to go get it. And so she, I flew her to, to Missouri and to see her folks and then to get her car and her, this wasn't, there was a problem with the car. And I thought the dealership was really trying to take advantage of her. And I called the guy and I laid in on him. Who do you think you and da 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 And you're trying to do this because she doesn't know and I'm telling you and da 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 Only to do a little bit more research because I was hot about it and told somebody else. I said, well, that's a pretty typical problem with a car like that because you left it like this and da 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 So he's actually telling me the truth. Yeah, he really is. So I call the dealership back and I get the guy on the phone and I said, sir, I am so sorry. It doesn't, I, I was wrong. I thought you were trying to take advantage of my wife and here I am in Wisconsin and here she is in Missouri and I, I thought this is what was going on and you were completely in the right and I was completely in the wrong and I had no, no right to talk to you that way, much less when you were right. And I just wanna, will you accept my, my apology? I am so sorry to which he was speaking on the other end because he was used to being chewed out, but no one ever calls and says, hey, I'm sorry. We all make mistakes. The question is, how do we, how do we deal with it when we make those mistakes? How do we, what, what do we do when we do those things? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. George Whitfield, the great revivalist said, true repentance will entirely change you. The bias of your souls will be changed and then you will delight in God and in Christ and in his law and in his people. Jonathan Edwards and the, and the, 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 the great New England preacher in the conclusion of his sermon, sins in the hands of an angry God said, therefore let anyone who does not know Christ awake and fly from the wrath to come and the wrath of the almighty God is now undoubtedly hanging over a part of this congregation let everyone fly out of Sodom speaking of Sodom and Gomorrah and run for your lives don't look back escape to the mountain lest you be consumed we don't hear preaching like that much anymore change why did we do this whole last week? Why have we been preaching this message? Why are we concluding it today and going through all this? It's because my heart, my desire is not that I'm right and you're wrong. Please, I don't ever want to come across like, man, I've got the corner market on this. The longer I do this, the less I want to stand here, to be really honest with you. Because the more weight that I feel that I just, I know my own depravity. I know my own junk. I know my own stuff. But I stand here and I say this to you because I give an account for what I say, for what I preach unto the Lord. 
And the truth of the matter is, is that this past week has not been about prolonged services or music or preaching or preachers or full rooms or full altar times. It's been about that maybe God would create, we would make room for him and he would show up and would create change in us that would change our world. See, I I really do believe, I really do believe that Jesus is coming back. I know, man, I'm telling you, when I preached this stuff, I was at a ministerial meeting this week in the middle of all this with some other pastors in Brookfield and I said, I feel like I am like two steps away from getting a double net polyester suit and starting crusades and buying my own tent and I'm gonna do Billy Graham all over again. I mean, I feel like I'm just old school. But the deal is I can't get away from this. I don't write this book. I didn't write this. And we have a world right now that we use this phrase like, let's be woke. And I understand what they're doing. It's a, it's a really good human step towards trying to bring reconciliation and trying to bring change, trying to right some wrongs, some injustices. The problem is, is that it only begins with a head knowledge. It deals with the heart and with the physical characteristics, but it doesn't go any deeper than that because it doesn't have the ability to because it's based on a humanistic ideology. Because it's a counterfeit of what God called us to all the way back here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, which is to be awakened. Awakening is different than being woke or awakening. I understand the difference. I have an earned doctorate. I get it, but I'm, just work with me for a second. Wokening understands mentally and physically what's going on and I need to do something. And there are wrongs in our world and there are injustices in our world and there is racism in our world and there are problems in this world. And, and quite frankly, there will be until Jesus comes back. That doesn't mean we should just go, well, that's what it's gonna be, que sera, sera, stinks to be you. No, 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 we should do everything we can do. The Bible says pure and undefiled religion is take care of the widows and the orphans. It's not to have big church services, amen. Uh, so, so, so the truth of the matter is, 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 is but, that, but, but, but before we were ever woke, God had a plan called being awakened because that goes beyond my mind, it goes beyond my body, it goes to my spirit because I am a spirit. I am, a, I am more than just a physical being. And so these issues that I'm dealing with physically and these issues that we're dealing with mentally and these issues that we're talking about are real issues. But the problem is, is that we can't legislate our way out of them and we can't think our way out of them and we can't physically move people out of them. People are more entrenched today than they've ever been. Why? Because they're just woke. I just realized that something's wrong, but I don't have the answer. But the answer is an awakening. The answer is when a transcendent God transcends my soul and goes beyond my mind, it goes beyond my body into my spirit and changes me. See, if we as a church of Jesus Christ, listen, wouldn't just show up for church meetings, but we would leave here and live differently, it would change our world. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love the unlovable. We're called to serve the unservable. We're called to to give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. We're called to go to the prison in Jesus' name. We're called to bind up the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are captive. We are called to be change agents, but instead we step over here and we act like we've got this this spiritual market on things. And the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus came for all flesh. Woo! Told you I'm getting somewhere. But, 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 but here's what I'm talking about. There should be a change that starts in my heart. 
Revelation 3.19, Jesus knocks on the door of our heart. And if any one of us will open our heart and invite him in, he'll come in with us. Are you in right relationship with Jesus Christ? If you're not, in the next few moments, I would encourage you just to simply say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. That's the prayer of salvation. Begins there. But maybe you've invited him in, but there's rooms in your heart you don't let him go into because you're crusty and, you, and, 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 and you've got these things and you, you're trying to hold sin in your heart, kind of like your garage. It has your car, it has your golf clubs, it, it, it has your trash, but it also has all kinds of junk you need to get rid of and it just fills up and fills up and fills up. All these things can exist in our heart. I gotta get my heart right with God. I've gotta repent. I, I, I have to have my mind right with God and live in peace and alignment with his word. I've got to get my time, my priorities right. My energy, where I invest my time and my talent and my treasure, my fruit of my life. Romans, excuse me, Galatians 5, says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, uh, uh, self-control. Um, so I'm rattling off the top of my head. And against these things, there is no law. Those are fruits of the Spirit of God. That's not what God gives you. Those aren't gifts of of God, they're fruits. That's when the work of God is working in you. Out of your life will come love. Out of your life will come joy. Out of your life will come peace. Out of your life will come patience. Out of your life will come goodness. Out of your life will come gentleness. Out of your life will come self-control. Is that what's happening in your life? Are Are those descriptors that people would use to describe you at work? If not, you need to repent. I can't change you. Church can't change you. We'll never change our world unless we change ourselves. It begins with me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. It's not them. It's not their problem. It's not the Fox crowd or the CNN crowd. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It's not the people in Madison or the people in DC. It's not the school board. It's not the parents. It's not the kids. It's not this crazy generation. It's me. If I'll live different, I will change my world. And you go, well, that really sounds great and very Pollyanna, and it's so great that you feel that way, Pastor. You know who did this? Jesus. He recruits 12 disciples, and one of them betrays him. And he's left with 11. He says, now I want you to go change the world. No book he ever wrote. No university he ever started. No government he ever founded. 11 men with his words in three years, and he changed the course of human history. It's not my idea, it's his. If my people whom are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, they'll repent, then will they hear from heaven and I'll forgive them their sins and I'll heal them their lands. That's my prayer today, is that you and I leave this place changed. If you need to give your life to Jesus, give your life to Jesus today. You need to repent of sin, repent of sin today. But when you leave this place, how I know that you've been changed, how we know that you've been changed is not how high you jump when you're at the altars or how much you weep. That's how you treat the barista at Starbucks on the way out how you treat the person in the line at pick and save, how you treat the sales associate at Kohl's, how you treat the person in the cubicle next to you tomorrow, how you treat the person that's trying to get the same parking spot that you are in the rain today when you're trying to make it home to the Packer game. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. I'm all up in your kitchen there. 
or how you treat the direct TV person when your Packer game isn't playing correctly. Woo! All right, I, that's got personal, that's too personal. Would you stand to your feet all in this room? Would everybody just stand? Here's what I wanna do. I wanna end today with praying this, I'm gonna pray for you, the band's gonna come up, they're gonna come out and they're gonna lead us in a song and then we're gonna be dismissed. Today's altar is all about this. It's right where you're standing. If you need to give your life to Jesus, just right there. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and be my Savior. And if you do that, let us know. Tell us about it. There's that little card that Ryan talked about earlier. Just let us know because we want to follow up, make sure you've got a Bible, everything else. That's all it is. We're trying to serve you. You got sin in your life? You know what it is. You don't need me to point it out. You don't need me to put your life on a big screen. Right? That's going to happen when we stand before God. All the unconfessed sin and what we've done for our life will be tried in front of everybody. No pressure. But right now, this is between you and God. That's what grace is about. Or maybe it's just, you know what? He's right. I go to all these Bible studies. I go to all these church services. I love Jesus. But I've been blaming everybody else and every other crowd. I'm just going to begin with me. And just dedicate yourself unto the Lord to be life-changed in the community in which we live. That's what's going to change this city. This city is changing. God is reviving. God is moving. God is at work. God wants to use you. He wants to use me. But he's going to do this. That's your choice. Father, I thank you today. I thank you today, Lord, for your word. I thank you for how simple it is. I know I've said it every week, but it's so simple. The living it is what's difficult. It's not that we don't know what to do. It's that we go live it and that, we be ch and that we're changed. And so I just pray, God, help us to live in life change today. Help us to treat people different. Help us to, to, to pray for people that are hurting around us. Help us to be mindful of people that, that are hopeless, that need the hope that we have in you, Jesus. Help us today to, to open our ears to hear the cries of the lost. Help us to be a little less judgmental about the person on the other side of the issue than us not meaning that we're going to pull back on what's right or wrong Lord that's your word we stand in your word God we don't get to write your word we don't we don't this is, we're not talking about sloppy grace here we're not talking about deconstructing theology so that it fits a cultural narrative oh no Lord we are called to be countercultural. If anyone's going to be canceled in this culture, it should be the church of Jesus Christ because the radical love and the grace and the repentance and the truth that we speak with is something that nothing else can handle. Wokeness doesn't get it. God, awaken our spirits. Awaken us, God, to be the sons and daughters of God that you called us to be. Not to be arrogant or prideful, but to be servants of the most high God, that we will go into the highways and the byways and the hedges, that we'll love people in the marketplace, that we'll go into every sector of society and change it, that we'll go into marketing, we'll go into business, we'll go into education, God, that we'll run for the school boards, that we will occupy until you come. That's what you say, Lord. You say, Lord, that what our, our success, our, our life is connected into the world in which we live in. That's what you declared in Jeremiah. So that we are to go and, and build houses and raise family and, 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 and prosper in this land that you've given us. God, you've not forsaken us. You've not left us, Lord, but we just have to turn our eyes upon you. We've just got to turn up our intensity for you as the world tries to come in and tries to drown out your voice, Lord. We've got to proclaim it even more loudly, not with the decibel of our voice or the raising of our voice, but God, but by the life and the love of Jesus Christ that lives inside of us. For we are a city that's set on a hill. 
God, a light that cannot be hidden. Oh God, bring that light together. Let that light on this hill be shown forth, God, for the grace and the glory that you are. Let us be people that walk with humility and with grace with one another, living a receivable life that when someone bumps into us that we receive them. God, we don't reject them. When someone crosses our path that we love them with the same nurturing love that you have, not giving up on the truth, but God loving them, understanding it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not your judgment. It's not your wrath. We know those things are true, but oh God, you are a loving, caring father who is standing on the edge of his property, looking for his prodigal sons and daughters to come home, looking for them to come home. Oh God, you love us so much and help us to live and to go out today and lead and life change and that love of Jesus Christ today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen.